Hello and welcome to this shorter than normal episode of the Think Curiously podcast as today I take a look back and revisit some of the most memorable moments from season one. There are so many takeaway moments from each episode that it would be entirely unfair of me to try and squeeze it all in to one 15 minute episode. So today is part one and next week we will release part two. In today's episode you're going to hear sound bites from episode one to episode four. And as always, I'd love it if you could like, comment, retweet and share across all of our social media platforms to help us extend our reach so that others may feel inspired to share their story. Right, that's the introductions done. Now let's get started. Back in October, I was joined by Lee Dodd and Don Sturgeoner of Carpe DM Clothing. Equipped with one mic, an open fire, a few pizzas and quite a few beers, we set about trying to record episode one. Carpe DM, which at the time of recording this episode, this review episode, has over 170 downloads alone. It has been a massive success. I'm still getting people feeding back to me, sharing it. It's still over my social media. There's hashtags are going out there as well. So it's been a fantastic story to share, and so many people have felt inspired by it that I am delighted to be able to go back and revisit that and share some of its wisdom with you today. So have a little listen to what some of the most talked about moments of that episode, in particular this one clip where Lee and Don describe what Carpe Diem means to them and how others may go about trying to live a Carpe Diem lifestyle. To say to you, both of you, what would your sort of definition of season day mean so, to you? Because it means different to people. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say next. It was like Carpe Diem, it's... That's what we sort of when we came up with the idea it was like we want to change the sort of idea of it rather than just like a like a just a flip it comment oh, seize a day type thing. We are making like a different look upon it if that makes sense. But to me, it's like if I hear it because even from starting doing it and start like from finding that uh, from reading it, like now I'm like right, I gotta go like fucking do something here. I don't want to waste my day. And for me, it's like go out and just do something it doesn't have to be anything mental like it doesn't have to be going surfing it doesn't have to be jumping out of the plane it doesn't have to be rock climbing it doesn't have to be changing the world just go out and do something that to, like either makes you happy or just something that you haven't done or something that just gets you going because there's like for me it's like there's so many people that just sit around not either not doing anything that they love or want to do because of so many different reasons or or say oh, I'd love to do that but just don't do it mm-hmm. like there's nothing stopping you. Just go and do it. Just go like, and do it. Yeah, it doesn't have to happen. Roll on the beach, jump in the sea. Just yeah, I'll, I'll ask why the way I think about it anyway. Yeah, uh, for me as well, it would just be like getting out there and just doing something that you enjoy, something that's going to bring something to your day. You know, it could be like we were joking earlier. It was like we found out we were doing this uh, like recording podcast earlier this morning. I was like, yeah, like carpy day, and just go for it. Like, yeah. seize the day. Yeah, like, yeah. We said a lot to each other. It's just like we're going to do something. It's like a yeah, carpy like, day. It's, it's, like, it's, <laughs> it's like nearly like a tongue in cheek sometimes, isn't it? Or like carpy day, like as if it's a joke. I'm like, but we're still going to do it. Yeah, it's just like, it gets to the stage now where it's like you can you know, take it serious with like fucking fuck, carpy day. Let's just do it. Fuck it. And then it's like and it actually turns out all right, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, we pulled up to the beach like the, the second time today yeah. over at uh, East Strand. It was a bit choppy and all. Oh, it's like, oh, there's a person in, right? Go for it, like, carpy DM. Yeah, we're here you know, now. Just make most of it. 
And it's actually, it wasn't too bad until I got annoyed and got it, but yeah, so I was drawing. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think that some people can take the, the idea of carp DM as, a, is that like that risk-taking, adrenaline-chasing well, yeah, type that's, of scenario? That's, yeah, that's what I like about it. It can cover, like, so many, it's like, it can cover anything. Uh-huh. Anything down to, like, having a stretch, because you're not feeling too good. Just mm. make most of that to... Decorating the house. Decorating the house, yeah. Get or it all like painted there. Going out with a family somewhere, or going to see the family, or just sitting with a family member, <laughs> sitting with a friend, up to getting, off, getting on a plane and jumping out. Do you know what I love about that episode was the honesty, the clarity in which they speak with, but also the excitement in that this is a brand new invention for them if you like it's something they've created themselves and they are going on that journey of discovery and development along with the products in which they're developing it's a completely organic process for them in that their company develops just as they develop as individuals as they develop as entrepreneurs and as businessmen alike so i think it's a really inspiring story to help people out there who have an idea who might want to share something who might want to start something you don't have to be perfect you don't have to have the plan in place before you start just get it started get the wheels in motion and then go with it and learn with the process as it goes i think that's a really powerful way of doing things and uh, all credit to lee and don for doing that now in episode two i was joined by a good friend of mine john McAllister, who actually just become a father so congratulations john to discuss the career and life lessons of one of america's greatest ever college basketball coaches John Wooden. Coach Wooden was special. He was special because it was not the championships or the unbeaten runs that he was most proud of. No, definitely not. It was the athletes and how they grew as people that mattered most to Coach Wooden. With his values and his beliefs heavily grounded from within the teachings of his father, Coach Wooden positively impacted many lives and continues to do so today highlighting the very strength of his legacy and what was so beautiful about this episode was that without planning to talk about him without having any kind of script or structure to work from Wes Gray came to the conversation and we started speaking about Wes using the same phrasing and the same enunciations and and words that we were talking about John Wooden and it was a phenomenal story of of how that just kind of glided out of nowhere and and it became a discussion, a a deeply emotional and personal discussion as well about someone who had a massive impact on our lives just like John Wooden had on so many lives of the athletes that he worked with and continues to have an impact on our lives because we keep speaking about him and because of the teachings that he's left behind others can continue to do the same. So have a listen to this part of the episode where John speaks about the seven point creed and what it means, not just him, but to others who've had the chance to listen. No, Gary, so what, what I wanted to come across was, um, so it's just something I have in my classroom wall. Um, mm-hmm. And I, even, funny enough, even whenever it was beginning on my teaching and my coaching journey, I tended to put things up in the changing room motivational pictures or posters or whatever um, but this is one was written by John Wooden's father mm-hmm. um, and he wrote it and he gave it to his son as his son embarked I think on college and it's just seven things um, and it was the first one was be true to yourself 
The second one was help others. Third one, make each day your masterpiece. The fourth one, drink deeply from good books, especially the good book. Five, make friendship a fine art. Six, build a shelter for a rainy day. And seven, pray for guidance and count and give thanks for your blessings every day. And you think about that. It's something so simplistic mm-hmm. that his father wrote on him. And I remember there was a a business uh, a business guru who wanted to meet Wooden, and eventually he met Wooden. And he said, like the aura of Wooden was amazing, mm-hmm. and he knew he was so lucky. And he said the one thing he wanted to achieve from meeting John Wooden was he wanted John Wooden to ask him to come back again. And he said he he spent an hour talking to John Wooden, and he decided that. He originally was going to ask him, could he come back? And he said, after an hour, he said, I don't feel that I can ask this man if I can come back because if I come back, I will be taking up somebody else's time. But if he asks me to come back, I'm going to come back. Mm-hmm. And that was how powerful that our conversation yeah. was. And he said, he looked and he said, to John Wooden said to the man, he said, do you know what this is? And it was a wee rustled up piece of paper in his wallet. Mm-hmm. He said, is that yours? Being somebody keen to impress as we all have been at different points in our lives, he said, is that the seven point creed? And he says, it is. And you know, I read it every day. And he said it was, he was just blown away wow. by, this was, you know, 80 plus year old John mm-hmm. Wooden explaining that he had never forgotten a piece of paper with seven lines on it his father had given him going to college. Do you know the crazy thing about that episode? was that when we first recorded it, um, we'd done it on the Monday previous via Zoom and it was an absolute shambles. It didn't work at all. There was issues with Zoom, it kept sticking, internet kept breaking, we couldn't get a flow of the conversation. Then I rocked up to John's house uh, in Balamina with one mic at his kitchen table and it literally the conversation just came out of absolutely nowhere. It was so natural. It just flew. It, it flowed. Um, it, was, it was such a special conversation to have. Particularly because that was maybe our, maybe our sec, third time properly meeting each other. We had met in a WhatsApp group over the initial lockdown through a coach mentoring program that we were both on. And that was the first time we'd properly sat down and had a conversation, just the two of us, about an interest that we have in, in, in John Wooden. So that was quite special. But also back in March 2020, I was on course to fly out to Portland, Oregon to meet Joe Smith of Soccer Chance Academy. And as time would have it, um, I was sitting in the hotel room in Belfast the night before I was due to travel to Dublin to catch my flight to Portland uh, when I got a phone call from Joe uh, telling me that President Trump was pretty much shutting down America, uh, not allowing flights in or out from the UK. And obviously I know Dublin's not in the UK, although it was too much of a risk at that time, I think, to fly. So ended up cancelling the trip and, and came back home. But I kept in touch with um, with Joe and throughout that period we got back and forth and got talking and I realised he had a really unique story to tell about his passion for creativity what creativity means to him where that passion came from from a start from a football perspective and then how he's kind of went on that journey of discovering what creativity is through his knowledge of Sir Ken Robinson's work uh, as well as doing some some educational work on it as well in, in colleges and online courses as well so it was a, a fascinating conversation a lot of great feedback from this and uh, throughout the, the sports as well. I know he's from a football background and, and so am I, but I had tennis coaches, I had a hockey coach get in, get in contact with me about it. So it had such a, a wide reach 
and I was really proud of this episode and I hope you can take as much from it as, as I did. So here's a clip of Joe speaking about how he came about understanding what creativity is and his love, I suppose, and appreciation for the work of Sir Ken Robinson. I'm a massive believer in that the, the adults, normally an adult will curb creativity or stifle creativity due to experiences they've had as a player or as a, as a child. The, the, the thing I hear constantly is, and I've been on courses and I've been around, you know, very well-read individuals and, you know, people that have unbelievable views on the game. And they say, oh, I love creativity. No one loves creativity more than me. But when you break it down, when it's rainy on a November evening or it's freezing cold and you've travelled three hours and you've lost 5-0 it then becomes the last thing that you're interested in. And I always remind myself of that, that it always be priority because that's, that's the way I live my life. It actually brings in to the discussion quite an interesting TED talk, which I'm sure you've watched. And if listeners haven't watched it, I would, would definitely advise doing so was the, the TED talk by Sir Ken Robinson. Uh, I actually believe it's now the most watched TED talk ever. I believe it is. Um, is it 20 plus million, Gary? Yeah. Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Crazy, crazy mm-hmm. numbers. It's entitled, do, skill, do, do Schools Really Kill Creativity? And just picking up on a few points, what you said there in terms of could potentially be the adults that stifle the creativity. He makes a really mm-hmm. interesting point. He says that we don't grow into creativity. We grow out of it or otherwise we're actually educated out of it in many ways. Would you, would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah. I'm, by the way, I'm obsessed with Sir Ken Robinson. I was actually watching a, one of his TED talks last night, but you know, he talks a lot on divergent thinking. Um, so, you know, essentially a, an essential capacity for creativity and, and to think not just in a, in a linear way. And he's massive on, on that, you know, the thing that our education is built on, on factory settings, you know, so, you know, he even says a child's date of birth is almost like a, a child date of manufacture. You know, he really brings it back to, you know, the age of industrialization you know, Victorian times, essentially. So um, I, I'm a massive believer in, in that quote, because I do believe that, you know, young players and young people, um, and not just players, because the, the person is, is far more important, are capable of so much. Um, but due to the environment, we, we place as adults on, on young people, I think we stifle them, and I don't even think we realise we're doing it. You know, one of the things that, you know, Sir Ken Robinson talks about is, you know, we educate children by age. You know, and, it's, and it happens in football clubs as well. So, you know, you, you might have an 08 or an I take a, a very, very gifted 09 group. Um, I, would, I would say maybe one of the best in the country. And, but what we do is we, we hopefully serve them in, in a multitude of ways by playing them up, sometimes down because of their age group, because, you know, the in, each individual needs different things at different, at different ages. And in the school system is this, this kind of a system based on, you know, conformity and, and, and linearity, really, and a kind of, a preconceived notion that you know this is what education looks like and you know an, an academic ideology you know that some subjects are more important than others you know you know what it's like at the moment in a pandemic you know in terms of the arts the first thing to go in in a curriculum is the arts yeah. um, and, and I would argue and I would argue it should be the last thing to go particularly when when a child is you know in, in a position they are now um, I've been so inspired by the children that we coach at the club because I think that they've been an example to the adults um, how they've dealt with the time and again you know it's something I, I even heard Sir Ken talk about last night was you know it's this almost production line mentality of conformity and I, I sometimes you know I always have to remind myself and you know even when at the moment with the social distancing and the kids lining up outside again it's almost uh, as they're kind of entering our sessions is, is try not to make it you know a factory you know where we put them in straight lines you're, you're, you're blowing a whistle 
to bring them in. You know, you have them, you know, yes coach, no coach. And I'm, I'm always very, very aware of that. If I was to compare the listening figures and downloading figures of all of the eight episodes that we've had in season one, this one, episode four, is what I would describe as the slow burner. The one that kind of was released, had maybe, I think it was 20, 30 downloads in the first day, and then over that, maybe next four or five weeks, it just steadily built and built and built and got bigger and bigger. And the feedback was just getting more intense with it. Matt Thomas was or is someone full of so much positivity, so much love, so much energy, but is so articulate and intelligent when he speaks that he just, he encapsulates you and gets you within that moment and you're just, you're struck. You're just, you listen to him straight away, you're connected to him. And that conversation that we originally had in the, the, the opening, maybe two or three minutes of the episode about Matt stepping on front of a number of a licensed coaches and talking about a mouse trap as a way of setting traps in football to try and uh, manoeuvre the opposition into a position of the pitch where you can see the ball. He used the mouse trap analogy and it was a phenomenal success and that's that's why the episode's called the mouse trap conversation. But Matt is full of, like I said, of positivity, of hope. But he, well, what he also is is he's extremely passionate about a ripple effect being nice to people and creating that ripple effect so that what you do to the other person has a positive effect on the next person they encounter and you hear that from within the episode and just to increase the the awareness I suppose of of the meaning of that ripple effect I've extended the clip a little bit in episode four so you can hear just how passionately Matt speaks about the ripple effect. And it's a, it's a whole it's the whole ripple effect that I believe in, um, and I, I live my life daily. Um, I always have, um, and the ripple effect is there's people you're going to affect. You know, even this with with our discussion right now, there's people who are going to be affected by this that I might not know, you might not know. But if I keep that in mind in everything I'm talking about with, in our discussion with you, that keeps it keeps it it keeps it on a level, and it keeps it on a it formulates it into a way of knowing that everything we're discussing right now somewhere down the line is going to have an effect on other people and it might it might be visual for us we might hear about it we might not but just knowing that before this recording goes out it's powerful in itself so it's always keeping that mindset of what are we actually looking to create here you know um and i think that ripple effect the more we can portray that positiveness and and that belief in people because sometimes you know we're shaped in a world where my my belief of who I am is sometimes shaped on how you treat me or what you say to me whereas we've got to get back to people loving themselves first because when I love myself I I can own I I'm the one who holds the power in your thoughts no not your thoughts but your words towards me Right. If I know who I am, no matter what you say to me, it doesn't affect me. You won't get the response you're possibly waiting for. So again, it's for us when we talk about connecting, it's connecting, getting people again to fall in love with themselves. And they probably are, but just on a deeper scale. And once you truly believe that and know that, it's such a powerful and, and, and loving journey. And that's a wrap. Well, for part one of this two-part review special of season one, I'll be back next week with the second part of the review special as well as some information on the exciting topics that we have for the first three or four episodes in season two until then i am not ashamed at all to give you another gentle nudge 
towards our social media platforms to ask for your assistance to help us extend our reach. You can, of course, find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Think Curiously Podcast. And once again, thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of your week.